I'm Tamara Zeller, and this is My Life Wildlife. I grew up in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. I, um, you know, had just finished school and had been looking for opportunities to get, you know, explore and um, do some work, you know, with wildlife. And I volunteered for a job on Middleton Island, which is a little island in the Gulf of Alaska. And um, it was studying seabirds. I think I was overwhelmed when I um, first came up here because, you know, we didn't travel much when I was growing up. I just knew my backyard. My mind was blown. Like there's these mountains looming, the open spaces, the different habitats that I had no exposure to before. It was just like a whole new world to me. And I just instantly fell in love with the beauty of it. And so, um, yeah, it was a no brainer. I stretched my wings and I just was like, I'm, I'm ready to fly and land here and just went back to Michigan, packed my car and, and moved up. And I've been here 24 years, so it obviously has taken uh, root in my soul. So I can't imagine living anywhere else. So I work for the Migratory Bird Program. And in that sense, it's, it's great because we're not tied to one piece of land. We're, we're responsible for monitoring the health of, of bird populations throughout Alaska and the country. So when I'm in the field, we go everywhere from the Arctic all the way down to, you know, South Central. I'm literally flying from one part of Alaska to the other, I'm doing aerial surveys, I'm counting birds. So you get to see just a variety of habitats, you know, coastal tundra, interior forest. And I go out to sea too on boats. So I'm out in the Bering Sea, Chukchi Sea doing seabird surveys. So I'm really lucky I get to see a lot of Alaska and, and, and its diversity and um, beauty. The YK Delta, oh my gosh, that place is just amazing. The, the Yukon. Yukon Delta National Wildlife Refuge, Yukon Kuskokwim Delta, I should say. We fly a survey there at the end of May, and it is like one of the most great places to view geese and ducks. I mean, the, the waterfall density is just incredible. Eisenbeck uh, is, I think, probably my favorite refuge that, that um, we work at. It's just, um, you have the Bering Sea on one side, the Gulf of Alaska on the other, and then these great complex of lagoons and estuaries and then you have mountains on one side and just the enormity of the d diversity and enormity of the birds and wildlife it's it's just breathtaking the whole journey down from anchorage to the alaska peninsula it's like you're you're on a tour a tour of the greatest you know greatest parts of alaska at least in my mind you know you're surrounded by mountains and I, I don't know, it's just, it's spectacular, and I feel blessed that I get to see it and work in it. For aerial survey work, it starts obviously in the office with planning, you know, need to know what where we're going and what we're doing. Um, I work with some exceptional people, and um, once we get all the logistics figured out, let's say we're going to the North Slope to, to Chuckpuck Lake to survey geese, we would, you know, get the airplane ready, make sure we have all of our gear. We have to have our, you know, flight gear. We have to have our computer. We, we do um, re recordings through a GPS system that's linked through the airplane. And then, you know, you, you get in and it can be an eight-hour 
flight in a little tiny 206 aircraft stopping halfway for fuel. You never know what's going to happen. We have to, you know, follow visual flight rules, which means we have to be able to see where we're going. Um, And so all those, you know, factors. And then when we actually start the survey itself, it's pretty, it can be pretty intense um, depending on what we're, what we're surveying. Um, You can be trying to, trying to decide a species and count at the same time, which if you're counting thousands of birds, it's, it's pretty intense. Also physically, um, you're sitting in an airplane for a long time, so you're kind of getting fatigued. And so it's really important that you're, you're working together with folks that you respect and that you have a, you know, mutual, mutual understanding for. So we would, you know, spend a couple hours doing the survey, whether that's straight lines, sometimes we fly straight lines back and forth, just looking out the window, or other times we're, you know, spinning in circles. And so you're, you know, if you don't have a stomach for that, that can be <laughs> a challenge. And identifying and counting all the different things you're seeing. And then that doesn't end there. Then we have to come back and actually we, what we call transcribe the data. You're listening to your data as you're looking at the computer. And then you're actually transcribing what you saw into like a, a, a data sheet on the computer. And then pass it off to the data crunchers who do a really a remarkable job analyzing. So yeah, and you never know, you know, you could have airplane trouble, the weather could roll in unexpectedly, so it's it's sort of, um, it's never the same, and you never know what you're going to see. You could see, you know, especially on the North Slope, we've seen the, the massive caribou herds running through while you're counting birds, or, you know, a bear, grizzly bear, seen polar bears, you know, or a fox raiding a, you know, a, a bird nest, so it's, you know, it's pretty exciting, you just, you never know what you're going to see. So our data is used for a lot of management decisions and and trying to keep our finger on the pulse of what bird populations are doing. Um, And especially, you know, um, in certain areas where we're surveying that are slated for potential oil and gas development, it's also a a good way to establish a baseline of what populations were pre-development. And so we can watch how that could potentially affect birds. You could have, you know, I don't know, 30 to 40 different species, you know, and you need to know them all and be able to identify them all from the air flying at 110 miles an hour and 150 feet above the air. So it's like a video game almost where you're you're having to make really snap decisions and you need to know what you're looking at and recognize them from, from some really awkward angles. So it's a, it's a challenge, but it's really rewarding. Sometimes you wish you didn't have to count them because it's just like amazing to watch. I do have a favorite bird. I studied uh, loons and grebes for my masters up in the Matsu Valley, and redneck grebes are just cool. They are really fun. They are super animated. They have really cool behaviors. They have these really like adorable striped little babies, which, you know, as a scientist, we're not supposed to go there. But I mean, you're human. Like, you're allowed to feel and say cute, I think, as a scientist. And they just have captured my heart. I think uh, they're fascinating. They are, I, I spend hours, as many folks know, just watching them and I could spend hours and hours doing it again. All birds are, you know, have their own unique little thing. And I think I, I love, I love, it's like I'm, I get to watch like some intimate, I don't know, it's almost like a soap opera. You get to watch nature play out 
when you're watching birds and um, if you have the patience and the, the love of it and you can just sit and watch them for hours um, you get to you, you, they become kindred spirits and you get to sort of watch their drama unfold and that, I think that's what I get out of it I, I, I'm much more I think emotional about it than we're maybe supposed to be as a scientist but that's how I connect but it feeds into appreciation it feeds into the dedication of wanting to conserve them you know I want other people to have that opportunity to love them like I do and I think that that's what motivates me I think This has been My Life Wildlife, a production of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Alaska Region, Office of External Affairs. Producers, Lisa Hupp and Chris Pacheco. Produced and story edited by David Hoffman for Citizen Race Car. Audio editing, sound design, and original music by Garrett Tiedemann. Artwork by Michelle Lawson. In Alaska, the employees of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service are shared stewards of world-renowned natural resources and our nation's last true wild places. The lands and waters of this place we call home nourish a vast and unique array of fish, wildlife, and people. Our hope is that each generation has the opportunity to live with, live from, discover, and enjoy the wildness of this awe-inspiring land and the people who love and depend on it.